Ladies and gentlemen, please rise, remove your hats, as Richmond's own and the voice of the Vancouver Whitecaps, Marie Huey, will lead us in singing O Canada. O Canada, our home and native land, true Ladies and gentlemen, please be seated. At the start of each of these World Martial Arts Games, every volunteer, official, coach, and athlete sponsor will be handing you a flag later. Yeah. So you're gonna like. To represent the athletes, the oath will be taken by Johnny Tsai of Canada. In the name of all competitors, I promise that we shall take part in the Tufisa World Martial Arts Games, respecting and abiding by the rules that govern. In the true spirit of sportsmanship, committing ourselves to a sport without doping and without drugs, for the glory of the sport and the honor of our teams. Welcome back to the Johnny Tiger Experience Podcast, Episode Twenty Six. Today's quote: When you are happy, you enjoy music. When you are sad, you appreciate lyrics. I am Johnny Tiger, and this is my universe. Kindness for myself now and then. 
Some of you have asked why I chose to uh, go into counseling. In fact, like many young people in high school, my goal, my career goal had changed several times. When I was growing up, I had this wild dream of becoming an inventor. I always like to tinker with things. Always had the knack of improving someone else's design or coming up with more uh, efficient ways of making things. However, as I grew a bit older, I came to realize becoming an inventor means I had to take science class. I had to be good at math. And while I was indeed very good with math, I wasn't doing very hot in science classes because of my lack of vision. I had no idea what color, uh, what element was supposed to be. Uh, to me, uh, to, to me, a lot of these elements and uh, 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 chemicals were just strange concepts. They were not real because I couldn't see them. I couldn't look through the microscope to see germs and bacteria and uh, all the small stuff. Not to mention, there were a lot of experiments I couldn't do. So I came to realize that maybe uh, becoming an inventor was not very realistic. So then I thought, Maybe I'd become an artist instead. After all, I was very good at sculpting and making cool things. I could work with stone, I could wor work with wood, I could work with clay. I could even draw. I got several uh, awards for art in high school, even got a scholarship from Emily Card. But as I got a little bit more uh, mature or cynical, I realized that maybe art was not the way to go because I really didn't fancy one day starving to death. <laughs> and that's when I'm, well, that's when my father started pressuring me into becoming a lawyer. My father had two biggest dreams in his life, a doctor and a lawyer. 
My brother was supposed to be a doctor. I was supposed to be a lawyer. In the beginning, I actually liked the idea of being a lawyer. I had this crazy dream of defending the innocent and uh, facing down the criminals uh, in my element, uh, where I could use my words to defend justice, to uh, reach out to uh, uh, grant retribution to the evildoers. All that and all that. I mean, why not? You know, all I would have to do was memorize a bunch of laws and uh, be good at arguing, which I was always very good at. And that continued for a year or so, until the whole O.J. Simpson case started and ended. And that case disgusted me so much that I lost all my faith in criminal justice. I mean, what kind of crap was that? Everyone knows he did it. And he got let go because of some technicality. That wasn't justice. That wasn't what I wanted to do for my life. So, after that whole incident discouraged me from my goal of becoming a lawyer, I all of a sudden became kind of without direction. There were some people who encouraged me to become a teacher. But I knew, even though I've been always pretty good at teaching, I don't think I can put up with large class of unruly students. One on one, one on two, one or one on three, I can probably deal with, but one on 20, I don't have enough confidence in myself to be able to handle that. There was the thought of becoming a professional writer, but uh, that also came to naught. And then, by chance, by luck, by fate, I came to know Wayne Poole, who was a practicing counselor. We are still good friends nowadays. Um, he's retired now. And he introduced me to the world of counseling, of psychology, of therapy. And that's when I found that maybe my original goal of using my uh, ability to help the weak, help the innocent, uh, help the uh, oppressed, didn't have to go to waste. Maybe I could still do it. You know, rather than uh, doing it from a legal point of view, I can work directly with people, learn their innermost turmoils, and try to help them uh, to be happier, to live a better life. So that's how I decided upon becoming a counselor. All these years, I've seen a lot of cases. I've lost patients to suicide. I've done good. Sometimes I don't do so good. I've worked for crisis lines. I've worked for online publications, uh, online question forums. Do I regret it being uh, becoming a counselor? Not at all. I mean, there are days 
when I wish I could have make a little bit more money and I know some of you is right now is, uh, saying that uh, you know yeah but money is not everything money is uh, you know as long as you're happy but my friend if one thing realities taught me is money is not everything but without money you don't get anything just look at this weather for example if today I have a little bit more money I can probably call a taxi to get me where I have to go rather than coming out in the cold in the wet risking crossing these dangerous streets wait for buses for hours just to get to a destination I want to talk a little bit about muscles yeah muscles you know the things that crawl up and down your skeletal structure supposedly give you strength and get you uh, sexy partners <laughs> what do I know about muscles I don't got any I mean I have these things that probably used to be muscles and now just regularly turn into a huge combined mass of pain days after training so I, I don't know I don't know what they are anymore I think I'm mutating or evolving or just getting old whatever yeah so I grew up uh, partly in Taiwan but largely uh, my sanctioned upbringing uh, my teenage my puberty a lot of that was spent in Canada so I absorbed a lot of uh, Canadian or American or as we Chinese people would put it white people culture and part of that culture was working out fitness and muscles equals good now that is interesting because I remember this one day I was I guess 13 or 14 me and my brothers we were watching Arnold Schwarzenegger on TV and uh, we were talking about how nice it would be uh, to have muscles like that and then out of nowhere our housemate yeah we still had housemate at the time said in the background why would anyone do that to themselves and me and my brothers we were like what are you talking about she and she said that man on TV that's so ugly that like why would you do that why would you do that do that to your own body that was the first time I realized that in my culture muscles are not thought of as an important virtue or a virtue at all in fact upon reading more into Chinese history you will notice that uh, fighters and warriors and people with big muscles big men uh, people with athleticism were often treated as second-class uh, Chinese people value academic Chinese people has always valued uh, uh, people who can uh, wield the pen better than the sword and in the old days if you had big muscles you were pretty much condemned to be gawked at to be pointed at and to be looked down upon people wouldn't uh, treat you like you are some kind of Greek god just because you look like one women wouldn't pick you as a mate just because you had biceps the, head of the size of your head on the other hand if you were scrawny and, uh, and uh, wimpy looking but you could recite uh, all the books you've written you've re uh, read then 
you were, well, hot shit. <laughs> um, and this was conflicting to me as a blind person, obviously, because as a blind person, my concept of what's good looking comes from people around me. People around me have to tell me what's good looking and what's not, what's attractive and what's not. Uh, and when you are caught between two cultures, where on the one side, people are telling you the more muscular, the better, the more fit, the better. And on the other hand, your other culture, your, uh, the culture you came from, people are telling you, no, 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 don't, don't lift weight, don't do this, no, the, you, you look ugly, you, you look like a monster, you look like you're not even human. That was very confusing. I remember when my brothers and I, we were working for my father's traveling agency. Uh, this was uh, fast forward to when I was 15, 16, after I already been involved with bodybuilding for quite a bit. One day, me and my younger brother went to uh, greet one of our tour groups from the airport. Uh, tourists from Taiwan, old ladies, old men, retired, coming to Canada for the first time. And we were both very eager, trying to help them, carry luggages and stuff like that. Not because of any altruism, because we wanted tips. And I went over to help an old lady, and she said, I don't want you, I want your brother. I was like, why? What's, what's, wrong, what's wrong with me? And she said, you look like an untrustworthy thug. Your brother, he's slender, he, he looked like he's a good boy. He looked like he's a good boy. You, too much muscle, too big. You look like a thug. <sighs> and that was another wake-up call that when people say you have to have a good body to attract, uh, to attract mates, eh, that doesn't always work it seems. But talk about muscles. Let's have uh, our scheduled Fitness 101. Fitness 101, where we work hard and play harder. Welcome back. It is Sunday and we are doing another Fitness 101 where I share little tips and workout drills um, taken from what we teach to martial artists and fighters to make them stronger, faster, uh, build more stamina and more explosive. A lot of these are very unconventional workouts you might not have heard of before, but it's useful to add them to your daily routine or to make your own little uh, combinations from what I've shown here. Today we are going to look at uh, uh, intermediate uh, level push-ups called the archer or archery push-ups. So named because the pose you are going to assume is very similar to an archery pose. So let's get to it. Let's go into the regular push-up position. We are on our hand and our uh, the, uh, the balls of our feet. Take your right hand and um, reach to the like walk it to the right so it is uh, about a foot to the right uh, from this point you should feel a little bit wobbly the positions would feel a little bit weird with your right hand so far out your right hand should be as far out as you can get it to be uh, without slipping and hurting yourself so, from this position, we're going to keep our left arm totally straight and stiff and only bend the right arm when we do our push-up. So when we go down, I want to be able to touch my chin or my right cheek to the ground by just by bending my right arm. And then come back up 
repeat. The whole process, your left arm should bend as little as possible. Now, once you do 10 of these or however many you want to do, bring your right hand back in. So we are back in the regular push-up position. Now, walk my left hand outward. So now we are in the reverse. With the left hand, left arm is the one that outran our body. And then this time we are going to keep the right hand, the right arm straight while only using the left arm to move our weight. So bend the left arm until you can touch your left cheek or chin, your chin to the ground. Keep your right arm straight, come back up, again, come back up. When you get good with these, you can do uh, alternating side. So I'll do one on the right, right hand out, bring it back in, left hand, bring it back in, right hand, bring it back in, left hand, bring it back in. This push-up is extremely useful for building shoulder and back muscles and your tricep. Thank you for checking out the Fitness 101. Have a good workout. You are listening to the Johnny Tiger Experience Podcast, the most chaotic and fun-filled podcast around. Hi, I am Allison, and I am here to tell you of a great way to help out your favorite podcast. Hmm, which podcast is that? Of course, this one. <laughs> Even though robot beauties like myself don't eat much, we still like to feel appreciated. Show your support by making a small monthly contribution. Go to www.patreon.com slash experience. Again, please visit www.patreon.com slash experience. Night Strike We learn to fight so we can walk in Welcome back to Night Strike 101, where I attempt to share little self-defense tips and martial art moves, those that uh, I feel can be accurately uh, shared here <laughs> across the cyberspace. Today, there's no fancy moves. Today, I want to uh, take this chance and talk about something that a lot of martial art instructors might not have mentioned before but it's a kind of thing that may in the end be more useful to you than any kind of special moves, any kind of attack. The best way to win a fight is not to get in the fight in the first place. When we learn self-defense, when we learn martial art, the goal is not for you to go out there and prove that you can conquer the world with your fist. Because then you don't need self-defense. <laughs> In that case, you just need to buy a gun. And then you're uh, going to run into someone with bigger guns and so on. So it's counterproductive. Self-defense and martial art in, at, at the core is designed for the worst case scenario. What if everything else failed and you suddenly find yourself being attacked? But before we get to that point, there is a big gray area where at any time you could have prevented the attack. And believe me, 9 out of 10 attacks can be prevented. I know, I used to get into a lot of fights on the streets, in a bar. I used to get into a lot of fights, and when I look back on most of them, I realized afterward that because I knew I was a good fighter, because I knew I was probably going to win, because I loved to fight, I didn't do all that I could 
to prevent it from happening. In fact, sometimes I even encouraged it.、Uh, like when the guy's getting in my face, I would give him the aggression vibe right back to、uh, urge him on to attack me. So even though I did that, I, it's something I would say: don't do it. Okay, it may be hypocritical, but we all make our own choices. I will tell you: don't go out and look for that fight. Avoid it at all costs. And one way to avoid that fight, of course, if you're walking down dark alley and someone come up and attack you and want to mug you. I just give them the wallet or car keys. Just give them whatever、uh, they want, and hopefully they walk away. If you think they're not going to walk away, then you can do something else about it. But I'm talking about the kind of fight you see in bars,、uh, pool holes, pool pool holes, and bowling alleys, and the kind of places where people get loud and obnoxious, and next thing you know, someone says something and. Someone says something back, and next thing you know, they're beating each other's brain out. This kind of fight usually can be avoided by simply turning on your smile to a hundred percent voltage. Even though, even when you have to fake that smile, just keep smiling when you talk to the guy. Not grinning, smile. Be as friendly as you can. And don't touch them. <laughs> okay, this is one 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 place where I see a lot of people get it wrong. They smile, but they reach out and try to pat the guy on the shoulder. Hey, man, take it easy, take it easy. Well, as the guy is really aggressive, the guy is feeling offended. You touch them, they are going to hit you. <laughs> okay, so don't touch, but smile. Keep smiling. Agree with whatever he's going to say. Buy him a beer if you have to, or whatever. Buy him dinner if you have to, because in the end, it's not worth it to get into a fight and run the risk of getting hurt or getting taken to court. Turn on that smile and keep smiling until that guy is either hitting you or has become your best friend, and best friend have been made from that. Well, sometimes the guy the guy is scared too. Sometimes the guy is angry and scared and confused and and just you know not in a very good frame of mind. And he's he's either afraid of the fight to come, and there's nothing worse than a guy who's afraid. Okay, he's going to be feel he's he's going to feel ashamed of being afraid, and then he's going to have to prove to all his friends he's not afraid, and that's when he's going to hit you. Look, I hit him. I'm not afraid. But it's really, really hard to hit someone who's smiling.、Um, I kid you not. It is really hard.、Um, not so much for blind people because we can. Now, if you are totally blind, you don't see someone smiling, so you're going to hit them anyway. But for sighted people, most of them, from a young age, they have been brainwashed. They have been programmed. To recognize facial expressions, facial expressions dictate a lot of their responses. So if you look grim, if you look angry, that trigger their fight or flight instinct. If you look scared, that trigger their prey、uh, predatory instinct. If you just smile and look happy, look like they are your best friend in the world. It looks like you're so happy to see them that you're probably going to die if you. You know, if they don't shake your hand, <laughs> it, 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 if they still hit you, then they deserve whatever else you can, you will do to them because that that guy's a psychopath, a psychopath, <laughs> you know. Because it's extremely hard to hit someone who's smiling.、Um, I don't know if any of you have tried this before. Like when you are in a heated argument, when you are so mad at someone, but the guy suddenly come across as super friendly and just, you know, 
You're right. You're right. You know, I, I'm. I'm sorry. Yeah, you're totally right. I, I'm. I'm. I can't believe I was so goddamn stupid. I didn't see that. Oh man, man. Ah, oh, yeah. You're so right, man. You're. You're so smart. I wish I was as smart as you. Like it's really hard to stay angry when someone does that. So, that is trick number one. To avoid most fights, you are going to run to out there. Trick number two is to play victim, not victim to the guy, but victim to circumstances. Let's say someone come up to me in a bar and start getting pissy with me, and say things like, "Why were you talking to my girlfriend? Why were you talking to my girlfriend?" And rather than denying, well, I, I didn't. I didn't. wasn't talking to your girlfriend. Like, what's your problem? Now, that's the one thing you never want to say. What's your problem? Because you're blaming the, everything on him, and he's going to get defensive, and he's going to get angry. If it's me, I say, "Oh man, you're such a lucky guy. Your girlfriend reminds me so much of my sister. Man, I really miss my sister. We were separated when, when we were little. You see, like." You know, or I said my sister died when I was little, and oh man, talking to your girlfriend just makes me think of my sister. I, I'm sorry. I, I I'm sorry if you get offended, but yeah, you know, yeah, I, I really miss my sister so much. Something like that. Like the guy's going to start feeling so awkward and even turn around to comfort you. I tried that before, and <laughs> it works. So either turn on the smile, a hundred percent smile. Or turn on that、uh, sympathy grabbing mode, because while it is hard to hit someone who's smiling, it is also very hard to hit someone who's feeling sorry for themselves. Like,、um, I, I don't know. There again, I don't know how many of you have tried this. If you are really mad at someone, or if you are like、uh, in a physical fight with someone, if they suddenly sit down on the floor and start crying. It's pretty much like you you don't know what to do with them. <laughs> you don't even know you if you should yell at them or comfort them. Or, you know you're definitely not going to hit them. So here, those are the two things that you are not going to hear from a lot of instructors. But I think it's worthwhile sharing here. As usual, be safe when you go out. Be safe. Like more Johnny Tiger contents? Sure you do. Go to www.johnnytiger.com, and there you can access the YouTube channels, get contact information, and much, much more. Thank you for listening. When I was a kid, whenever I'd feel small or lonely, I'd look up at the stars. Wondered if there was life up there. Turns out I was looking in the wrong direction. When alien life entered our world, it was from deep beneath the Pacific Ocean, a fissure between two tectonic plates, a portal between dimensions. Welcome back to yet another action figure review. I've often been asked which figure in my collection is my favorite. It's the most important, the most amazing figure I have. And we're going to look at it today, but before that, I will play you an expert excerpt. Sorry,、uh, from the book Pacific Rim, the novelization of the movie,、uh, in which、uh, Knifehead, the Kaiju Knifehead, which is the figure I'm reviewing today, had its battle against the、uh, the the Jaeger Gypsy Danger. Knifehead rose from the ocean off Saltchuk's port side, standing a hundred feet and more out of the water. Four arms ended in webbed claws, each big enough to crush Saltchuk like a beer can. Its head was a blade, with one edge narrowing from its upper jaw to a point, and the other defining the top of its skull. 
Active sonar outlined the rest of its body under the water, revealing it to be a biped with a powerful tail. Like a dinosaur, kind of, only an order of magnitude larger than any dinosaur that ever lived. Kaiju! Raleigh heard the captain say. The man's voice tinny and small over the roar of the elements and the tectonic sounds coming from the creature itself. On the other side of the boat, Knifehead reared up. It was big. Tendo had been right about that. Its open mouth would have fit Solchuk comfortably, and each of its teeth was as tall as a person. A large person. Gypsy Danger had stayed low, swimming as necessary across the deeper waters of the Gulf of Alaska. Now, with solid footing available in shallower water, Raleigh and Yancey planted the Jaeger's feet and stood up, exploding through the surface of the ocean in a 200-foot geyser lit by spotlights and booming with rescue horns. First things first, Raleigh said, and Gypsy Danger scooped Salt Chuck up in the palm of one hand. Then, as one, the brothers ducked, and Gypsy Danger did the same, avoiding a decapitating swipe from Knifehead's triple claws. Gypsy Danger's right fist rearranged itself into a barrel housing, with four symmetrically amplifier lens arrays around a circular gap that extended up inside the Jaeger's forearm. Flanges rotated on the wrist and locked the plasma cannon assembly into place. Steam and static flares crackled around it as it powered up. Knifehead swiped again, advancing through the water where Saltchuk had been, and Gypsy Danger ducked again. The first shot hit Knifehead square in the midsection, right about where a human's solar plexus would be. The kaiju staggered, and the second shot knocked it further backward, twin charred craters in its torso. Its arms flailed, and it screamed. The kaiju lost its footing and toppled sideways into the ocean, which boiled around the wounds, reacting to the mixture of salt water and the kaiju's corrosive blood. The motions of its arms grew less coordinated, and it sank slowly. The last thing to disappear was the bridge of its bladed skull. And here we are with a review of the Pacific Rim Kaiju Knifehead by NECA and this is not your regular knife head this is not even the standard knife head this is not the battle damage knife head this is the deluxe epic scale knife head marketed to be 18 inches tall although to say this kaiju is 18 inches it's totally totally understating underestimating its size because it's a lot bigger than that uh, it is 18 inches tall if you measure from the ground up to the top of its head uh, But because a kaiju uh, especially for knife head uh, It doesn't Stand like a human. It's not a humanoid kind of shape So you have to think of it more like a dinosaur uh, So a dinosaur like a t-rex is usually longer than it is tall and that is definitely the case for knife head knife head is so big that it has to come in three pieces in its box, head, torso, and tail. They have to be assembled. The assembly is very easy, and they stay together very firmly. Um, the figure from snout, tip of snout to tip of tail, is over 24 inches long, and from forearm to forearm across its body is almost 18 inches wide. So it's a massive action figure that weighs over 10 pounds. It weighs more than my bloody cats. <laughs> um, it is huge and it, it's an awesome looking action figure. The head alone, just to give you an, a, an idea of how big this is, the head alone is about as long as my forearm, uh, which means the head is about twice the size of your regular 6 inch action figure. It's big. Um, it has a light-up feature, pretty cool. When you flick the switch underneath its jaw, the inside the jaw, the eyes glow. Uh, the knife head is a chiefly gray kaiju uh, with yellow stripes and blue coloration inside its mouth and uh, for all its eyes, I think it has six eyes, six or eight eyes, uh, something like that. Um, 
it has rows and rows of teeth inside its open jaws, like uh, the teeth of a shark. In on in front of its head is what gives it its name, knife head. There's a protrusion, almost six inches long, in front of its head, that is uh, sharp and wicked looking, almost like uh, someone's crossed a T-Rex with a swordfish or something. Now underneath this large blade, there's two smaller tusk thing between this bla- the blade and its upper jaw. The whole kaiju just look really awesome, really strange. Uh, just the kind of big monster type action figure I like. Now, a word of warning, if you have a problem displaying something this big, you probably don't want to get him because he is hard to display. Uh, he does come with a display base that will help him stand, but that is not the problem. The problem is to find a, a large enough space to stand him on. It took me almost a year uh, to find a place to put him. Uh, right now, he's the centerpiece of my room. The first thing you will see when you enter my room, and he has sparked many very, very awe-filled conversations. Uh, between me and friends when they see this magnificent beast uh, from a very recognizable movie. Knife head uh, is articulated at the neck, jaws, shoulder, O4 shoulder because it uh, has four arms, uh, two smaller arms coming out of its chest and two larger arms ending in three articulated wickedly sharp talons each. These talents are actually quite sharp, so be careful when you handle the figure. Now, talking about handling the figure, when you pick him up or it, uh, do not pick it up by the head. It's too heavy. If you grab it by the head, you will break it. So hold it like how you would any delicate household pet. You know, you've got to get your arm underneath it and lift. So do not grab the top of its head and gra- uh, pick it up that way. Uh, you don't want to break this action figure, it's pretty expensive. Uh, we'll get to that in a second. So it's articulated at the shoulders, all four shoulders, and the elbows of the larger arms. Uh, the talons are articulated. It's articulated in three parts along its tail, and articulated hips and knee joints. All the joints are very sturdy, very tight. Uh, It seems like this kaiju is made of some hollow, heavy-duty vinyl-like plastic. Uh, But unlike a lot of vinyl toys, it doesn't feel cheap at all. In fact, the texture on this beast is amazing. If you run your fingertip down the shell on its back, you can almost swear that is real shell and not plastic. The, The texture is just amazing amazing really uh, surprising how uh, organic this thing feels uh, perhaps the only down point other than hard to find a place to display it is the price point I paid almost $200 uh, for it when it came out and now it's going to be a lot more expensive to get yeah, yeah, yeah. I know a lot of you are going, You paid $200 for a bloody toy? Well, hey. Hey, come on. Come on, guys. No. Unlike some of you, I actually have a life. Alright. Maybe not. Uh, a hobby? Fine. Obsession? Addiction? Whatever, okay? okay. I, I paid almost $200 for it. And I, I'm glad I did. Because... It's one of the uh, my favorite action figures in my entire collection. And that's saying a lot because I have quite a large collection. And yeah, it's awesome. Uh, it, it's, it's one gigantic monster uh, that sparks great conversation between you and your fellow geeks. So, bite me. <laughs> well, no, no, don't bite me. Uh, yeah, my gift the kaiju the wrong idea <laughs> um, to end the review I will give you a clip spoiler alert uh, as usual a clip from the descriptive Pacific Rim movie where 
uh, knife head face down against the Jaeger Gypsy Danger. Thank you for checking out today's review. I will see you guys shortly. Alaska coastline, 10 mile line, a fishing boat's in trouble. The captain joins a crewman in the wheelhouse. Something big is in the water in front of them. A gigantic kaiju is swimming towards them. The creature's back breaks the surface of the water. Below it paddles with its immense limbs. The gigantic creature stops in front of the boat and putting its feet down on the seabed rears up. Its mouth and eyes glow with blue phosphorescence as it roars at the boat. It advances on the hapless fishing boat. A blinding light appears in the water behind the boat. The Jaeger rises up out of the water and picks the boat up in a giant mechanical hand. In the compod, a virtual representation of the boat appears in Yancey's hand. Ship secure. The Jaeger stands on guard as the Kaiju lunges at it. The blow makes the Jaeger drop the fishing boat, which slews about in the water. Yancey and Raleigh throw a punch. The Jaeger copies their moves, landing the punch on the Kaiju. They hit the creature again on its shark-like head. Then, clasping their hands together, they wallop it on the head again with a two-handed blow. Kaiju counters and bites the Jaeger's right arm. Inside the robot, Raleigh and Yancey are shaken about. They push the Kaiju back, then fire up a plasma cannon on the Jaeger's right hand. They blast the creature in the chest at point-blank range. The Kaiju is thrown backwards and disappears below the surface of the waves. Discharge reading, sir. Plasma cannon to shallow shell, seven miles up the coastal line. Gibson, what the hell is going on? Job's done, sir. Lit it up twice. Backed our fifth kill. You disobeyed a direct order. Respectfully, yeah. sir. We intercepted the kaiju and saved everyone on that boat. Get back to your post now. Yes, sir. Kaiju signature rising. Marshal Pentecost checks the instruments. That thing's still alive, sir. Gypsy. We're still getting a signature. That kaiju is still alive. Grab the boat and get out of there. The kaiju lunges at the Jaeger and whacks it hard with one of its massive talons. Raleigh and Yancey are shaken around. Jaeger, Raleigh! I got this! Raleigh tries to fire a plasma cannon, but the kaiju spears the Jaeger's left arm with its pointed snout. Raleigh reels in pain and clutches his own left arm. The kaiju attacks. Left arm's gone cold, sir. The kaiju rips off the Jaeger's left arm, which falls into the sea just beside the fishing boat. The beast presses home its advantage and attacks again, mauling the Jaeger's head in which the compod is housed. <laughs> Raleigh and Yancey are thrown about again. And now, a word from our sponsor. Hi, my name is Kelly, and I'm here to tell you about one of the best self-defense programs I've come across. As a mother of two, I don't have a lot of spare time, so the me time I have needs to be quality and wisely spent. And after trying out various martial arts schools and self-defense programs, I settled on tactical personal protection training. This is the perfect program for women and men looking to seek self-defense training and get in shape at the same time. Within four sessions, I felt empowered and safe and also managed to drop five pounds. Here at Tactical Personal Protection Training, we train co-ed and tackle real life and death scenarios. The program is an ever-evolving Krav Maga-based fighting system, 
with an intelligent mix of techniques from other martial arts, such as Kali and Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Karate chops, kicking men between the legs, all very cool, of course. Actually disarming a gun-wielding psycho and knowing how to survive being attacked by five people at once, much, much better. Tactical personal protection. Start learning how to protect yourself and your loved ones today. For training info, visit us at tacticalpersonalprotection.com. That's tacticalpersonalprotection.com. Mention the Johnny Tiger Experience podcast to get your free session today. A tourist traveled to Spain and watched his first ever bullfight. After the fight, he went to the nearest restaurant to order himself some lunch. While he was at the restaurant, he saw the next table order a steaming plate of something. He wasn't sure what those were. They looked like, well, they looked like footballs. Uh, Covered in all kind of sauce and herbs and stuff like that, so he called the waiter over and he said, "Hey, hey, hey! That table over there, what is that that they just ordered? It, it looked very exotic." The waiter said, "Oh, okay. So every time when there is a bullfight and they、uh, kill the bull." Uh, they donate the bull's、uh, testicle to us, and、uh, it's one of our, our most demanded delicacies. Oh, that's interesting," said the tourist. "Can I have an order of that?" "Oh, sorry, sir," said the waiter. "We only have a very limited quantity of those, and we just ran out." You know,、uh, seeing to how each bowl would only have two,、uh, so yeah,、uh, you would have to order them in advance. Hmm. Thought the tourist. I, I really would like to try them. Okay. Tell you what. When is the next bowl fight? Friday, sir. Okay. So I will put a special order in for those for testicles、uh, for Friday. Yes, sir. Thank you, sir. So Friday came around, and the tourist was back in the restaurant after the bullfight. And he showed the slip of paper that proved that he had a special order in place. And indeed, very shortly later, a steamy plate was brought before him. One look at the plate, and he was mad. He called the waiter over and pointed at the plate. What kind of scam are you trying to pull here? The, this not my special order. No, no, sir. Yes, sir. The, these are special order you place, sir. No. See, last week, okay, when I was here, and you told me what these were,、uh, they were the size of footballs. What are these? These are barely the size of grapes. They're not the same thing. Well, sir, said the waiter. These time. The matador lost. <laughs> That was really dis- disgusting. <laughs> But that's always one of my favorite jokes, though.、Uh, tell you what poor taste I have. <laughs> anyway, today's shoutout goes to my favorite action figure review site. If you enjoy the action figure review, if you are a collector, check out. Online action figure entertainment website that is www.oafe.net. Again, www.oafe.net. They have some of the best review, most detailed reviews out there, and these guys are so friendly. They have more than once helped me out when I have、uh, action figure related questions.、Uh, so. Definitely visit their website and check out all the goodies you can find to read and、uh, pictures you can see there. And with that, we come to the end of this episode. Now, a bit of quick news:、uh, on this past weekend, I set up the Patreon page for the Johnny Tiger Experience, Johnny Tiger Experience podcast. Oops, blooper.、Um, and so. From here on, if anyone
would like to help keep the podcast alive by contributing a small amount. You know, every dollar would help, even if you can just contribute a dollar a month. That's still uh, a lot. That that still goes a far a long way. So go to www.patreon. That p a t r e o n. dot com forward slash Johnny Tiger Experience. All one word. Again, www.patreon.com forward slash Johnny Tiger Experience. All one word.、Uh, and see if you uh, will uh, maybe be interested to、uh, buy into or donate into or contribute for one of the award packages. Any comment, questions, feedback? Please send them to Johnny Tiger at shaw.ca. Please rate and review this podcast on iTunes so more people can hear about this podcast. You can also find me on johnnytiger.com. I'm also on YouTube as Johnny Tiger or Johnny Tai.、Uh, please check out my Night Strike Self Defense for the Blind project on Facebook. I will see you guys in the next episode. Is a wonderful sight where people here working by days and by night. They don't sow potatoes, no barley, no wheat, but there's gangs of them digging for gold in the street. At least when I asked them, that's what I was told. So I just took a hand. Digging for gold, but for all I found there, I might as well be back where the dark moor sweeps down to the sea. You remember young Peter of Lockland, of course. Well, now he is here at the head of the force. I met him today. I was crossing the strand, and he stopped the whole traffic with a wave of his hand. We stood there talking of the days that are gone, while the whole population of London looked on. But for all his great power, his wish was like mine. To be back where the dark moor sweeps down to the sea. There are beautiful girls here, but never you mind. Beautiful shape that you never design. Lovely complexions of roses and green, but it's old Lochlanby Mall with regard to the sea. That if at those roses you venture to sip, the color would all come away upon your lips. So wait for the wild rose who's waiting for me. Back where the dark moor swept down.